This is the Confused Mother podcast and I am your host Gitanjali More. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Confused Mother podcast. Holiday season. This means gifts and food and family time. And finally, we're recording this episode on the 1st of December, when a lot of children in Germany have opened the first door or the first present of their advance calendar. And of course, the chances are really high that it contains chocolate. This is what I want to talk about today, the nutrition of our little ones. And I'm talking to someone who's so passionate about the topic that she has turned it into a very successful business. Jacqueline Schnau of Pumpkin Organics. Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking. How are you doing today, Jacqueline? I, I, I'm doing really well. It's, uh, like you said, December 1st. This is kind of the kickoff for Christmas, especially being a parent, because the little ones are having calendars this morning. Uh, I, yeah, you just get so much energy from it. And do so, you have pumpkin organics goods in all of your uh, advanced <laughs> calendars for the kids? <laughs> You know, actually, um, there is no, there is um, a few pumpkin organics um, in their in their calendars, uh, but because they have a gigantic drawer they can choose from at any time, um, and their little play kitchen that is full, um, their advent calendars actually, I put a lot of effort into it. I, I have a lot of fun with the advent calendars. Oh, that sounds really nice. We also have an advance calendar for my daughter, but it's not from us. It's from her grandmother. And she has like a uh, little Lego Duplo pieces spread out over the 24 days, which make up like this a- animals of Asia landscape. And um, yeah, and so she gets a piece or two every day. So Jacqueline, you're the founder of Pumpkin Organics. Just to get started with, can you share how you came up with the idea of Pumpkin Organics? And also, what is the philosophy behind it? Well, I started Pumpkin out of real, a, a passion to change something that needs to be changed. Um, I, what's important is I, I come from Canada. I come from the farmland. So I grew up in this beautiful environment. Not a lot of people, completely open and a lot of land, but this real appreciation for nature and food and what goes into food. And also, what goes into family? Because... Every dinner was at my grandmother's house. Oh, sorry, every like Sunday dinner, nobody asked why, no one did. It just went. Um, and when you're a child, you really believe your world is the norm, right? You think everybody is blessed with this. Um, and as I grew older, I realized I, at least in my definition, um, was extremely oh, lucky. absolutely agree. Um, I had a family focused on food and health and showing me how the garden grew, how food came to the table that I have such an appreciation for the connection of what fresh food and health is mm-hmm. yeah. um, and also discussion, memory, laughter around the family dinner table that it stuck with me my entire life. Yeah, that makes sense. As I progressed, um, my mother got very, very sick. And um, as a child, your mom's your superhero, right? Um, and I was like, what's going on in this world? Why is my superhero sick, you know? Um, and she was the healthiest person out there. Like, you know, when kids got their lunch boxes, we didn't get, um, you know, ham and cheese. We got a pita with broccoli and feta cheese, you know, oh, and, yeah, I, fresh food. Yeah, fresh food, right? and I loved it. And so I could not understand. And so my father, who was a chemistry teacher, um, and we grew up in the garden a lot, we made these uh, 
we, you know, we put Coke on a banana, a tomato plant and it died. And then all winter we would collect the eggshells and make a phosphorus, you know, calcium distillation. And we put that on the tomato plant and it flourished. Oh, even though I didn't understand, I knew there was something wrong with sugar. Yeah, your experiment was quite clear. And the connection with my mom and then all of these just touch points throughout my life. As a child, I started to really ask, what is sugar? Right. Okay. My parents said I was kind of annoying with it, <laughs> but I, I was committed that there was something bigger to understand. And so my dad and I started doing a lot of um, things. And I really, even as an eight, nine, 10 year old, sugar is really bad. It yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's in everything. Fast forward a bit. I was, um, my mother got better, but then she got a little bit um, sick again. Okay. And one of um, the options was her to actually go down to the, the clinic in Minneapolis. Oh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was beyond thrilled when I got an offer to join a hypo, hypo program at General Mills, where come in as a junior right out of college to be a brand manager. So full of hope. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to change the world. And that's so naive. I mean, I am going to one of the biggest food companies in the world. They just care about people. They are going to drive. And I am going to be responsible for the health of so many people. Yeah, but that's not um, how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, no. Completely <laughs> right. I was so heartbroken. Um, but I learned from the best. Part of learning. But the, the reality is there were such phenomenal people there. So passionate. So talented. That the ultimate goal was not what I appreciated. But the thing is, I learned how the food system worked. I learned how mm. lobbyists yeah. work. Another mm-hmm. whole issue, right? Yeah, yeah. I learned how you actually get food in a mass production. And I learned that um, someday I was going to change it. And, you know, and this um, gave me this energy. Um, and I have huge respect for my upbringing and my peer group there. You need to learn how a micro, how an economy works, how it, it uh, system works to truly change it. It's very easy to sit on the outside and just complain. If you're going to move the dial, if you're going to move the big guys that have money and power and influence, you need to understand. You need to become them. You need to become like them. Completely. So, you know, kind of go through the rest of my life, many touch points throughout it where I um, wanted to bring healthier food and I focused on them. But then I um, moved to Germany um, because I married a German. Uh, we met at Harvard doing our university degrees, and then uh, we moved here to settle and have a family, but the family didn't happen so quick. And after five years um, of talking to a lot of doctors, trying to understand, I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's in a very, you know, in an advanced farm. And I put everything I had into, like, I was running P&Ls before into salt. Okay. This is when I started studying. Okay. What is the impact of broccoli on the body? Mm-hmm. What is of a blueberry yeah well what if you mix them together what if you eat it in the evening in the morning and i started because of our background at harvard and talking and i was also a bit older so i had my network um i started calling some of the coolest experts in the world on nutrition hashimoto's and they picked up the phone and we had great talks oh that sounds amazing yeah great um for those who don't know um hashimoto's is an Mm -hmm. autoimmune disease is that right Absolutely. Um, Hashimoto's is when the thyroid is not functioning correct and the body just fights itself. Yeah, you don't hear about it much at all. It is incredibly underdiagnosed in Germany and it is incre- it's, it's a female 
issue. Oh, so in that uh, case, primarily. it's not researched at all. Right. So yeah. it's not overly researched. It's not overly diagnosed. And anytime anyone in my world says, hey, I feel tired, I feel drained, I feel on, have you tested your thyroid? Because doctors don't do it here. They don't do it anywhere. It took five years. Oh my God, that's crazy. To do one test, right? And in that one, and it wasn't even through a medical, it was, I was just randomly, a TCM doctor said to me, Jacqueline, your, your body is, it's going to collapse. Why are you not treating your Hashimoto? You said, it is so ready to shut down. I'm like, thank God. And I just broke down in tears. I'm like, oh my God, someone has. Oh, it must have been such a relief yeah. to finally have a diagnosis. Any, you know, I just kept being told, oh, you're too stressed. You're working too hard. You need to take a holiday. You need a bath. I'm like, oh yeah, you're working too much. Are you much. kidding me? I do not need to take a bath and have a nice smelling candle. Well, I mean, like, it Someone can't to... harm. <laughs> Having a bath can't harm, yeah. but you need more than that. I was so tired of all this. Yeah, it must be exhausting getting dismissed all you the know, time. Like, people downplay successful women's issues because they think we're just too stressed yeah we're working too much and then we want too many things too too ambitious after this got in control i just um many people said jacqueline share your knowledge on passion and passion for nutrition i said okay and where do you start because i didn't know where to start i just went to the um the reve or the the um grocery store i looked at the baby shelf because you start with the baby turned it over and i couldn't believe what was on the label oh i've never actually looked at the back pureed fruit more fruit more pureed fruit i'm like oh my god this is sugar right pureed mm-hmm. fruit is a fancy word for sugar and pureed fruit has no fiber in it so this is like we are putting pure sugar into these tiny little bodies and fructose is the same almost impact not quite but almost the same as glucose on a tiny body and i was like this can't be right then i went to the drugstores that have like five meters of baby food and i just started turning labels and i was like oh my God, what are we doing to our kids I went home and started studying kids' nutrition, um, found this philosophy of the first thousand days, the science, everything. Not a single person would recommend, a doctor, nutritionist, anyone would recommend what's on the shelf. This is what we give our kids every day. And I was like, no, it has to stop. And that's what I said. This is it. It's now my life's mission. That's really great. You know, I just have to think about when you mentioned growing up on the farm and, uh, you know, eating fresh food and vegetables. I have to think about my mother who also instilled like these amazing habits of regularly mm-hmm. eating fruits, regularly eating vegetables. And there's always like um, a wide variety yeah. of everything in our, in our home um, while we were growing up. And uh, I do the same even now. And that's, I think, also yeah. where my appreciation for food and vegetables comes. Um, and this is like a habit that I'm carrying forward as a mother as well, that I give it to my child. Oh. And, um, and of course, we eat like chocolates and sweets and I don't know, some junk food here and there. Yeah. But we balance it out with having enough fruits and vegetables on a on a daily basis and i think that that's really important that we that we have this kind of balance because it's unavoidable that you have some days where i don't know like my daughter just only wants to eat rice or only wants to eat potatoes or things like that and i'm okay with it like i don't stress about it too much um as long as kind of like the next day she eats a lot of fruits and vegetables and I think that's like a really important thing also to to have a good balance between everything um, but I want to talk to you a little bit about what you just mentioned this philosophy of the first thousand days um, 
I know that you've got it on your website as well as like the philosophy where you say that yeah. the uh, good food habits can be developed in the first thousand days of a child's life. And um, yeah, I'm wondering what it means. And, and if you miss this opportunity in the first thousand days, is it then too late to kind of uh, make the changes? So this theory, it's also called metabolic imprinting in other cultures. Um, basically, what it says is we can create healthy habits from the belly all the way up to the first two years. Now, in this time, 80% of our brain is formed. Oh, that's crazy. Like, just think about what that means. Wow. 80% of our brain is formed in this time. Like, this is such a crazy statistic, right? Um, it kind of makes us lost causes as adults. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but every day of a child, just think when that little baby is here, right? Every day is a vertical learning curve. Mm, and we yeah. have this opportunity to train them. So if we train them, good or bad, healthy, unhealthy, that's what they learn. Yeah, that's exactly what they're going so, to pick up and learn. Yeah, like of course. When we are so, like I always say, the excitement we get when they crawl, when they stand up, they walk oh my god we take videos we email everybody we tell the story for years and years to come right we give so much excitement oh yeah mm -hmm. that excitement needs to extend to all the healthy habits they need to form in these first yeah. thousand days and particularly mm. nutrition the, yeah. to learn what good food is now yeah we are not saying that a child can't eat everything and they can't have ice cream they can't have gummy bears that's not the philosophy at all the philosophy is if we train them with good food, the foundation is set. The brain understands this is good food. This is what my body wants. My body craves. I'm going to be very happy. But I also, but I also like ice you know, cream. I do like yeah. ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. It's all about balance and it's about setting that healthy habit. Yeah, of course. It's actually celebrating it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, celebrate Repeat it. Repeat it. Like you, cannot, like you cannot just tell the child, okay, go stand up. And that they stand up and they remember it and everything is perfect. But we treat nutrition like that. We expect a child to absolutely love mushed broccoli on the first time. Yeah, nobody likes broccoli the no first time. It just doesn't work like that. And then we as parents say, oh, my child doesn't like broccoli if they don't like it. And then they don't give it again. Yeah, you have to keep trying. It doesn't work like that. There was that. not a single football star, star musician, anyone that just picked it up and was the world's best at it. They train. And train. And yeah. learn. Exactly. And practice and train. And when you are dealing with a vertical learning curve with the brain at this stage, this is the perfect opportunity to start training the taste palette on what good food is. Yeah, you have to keep trying. Yeah, not, exactly. I've heard this from so many parents introducing solids uh, to their little babies. And then they say, oh, yeah, my child doesn't like this. And uh, I always say you have to give them an, a variety. You have yeah. to keep giving them different options and keep trying. And then at some point, yeah, they'll probably end up liking it. And uh, you can't just give up in the first go. And of course, they're going to like, you know, the sweet fruits and uh, sweet potatoes and things like that. But um, no. pumpkin is not the only thing. And, you know, one of the things that parents don't understand, or sorry, the parents, they get it, but they, but they really need to get, is their child, the baby learns by watching us. Yeah, they learn from right? us. We yeah. are a mirror. Yeah, exactly. And what, one of the things I see is like a, a, a mom or a parent will make the mush broccoli and they will put it in their mouth to make sure the temperature is okay or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, here, here, have this, enjoy it. Eat yeah, they make faces food. and then expect their baby to and enjoy this it. This concept of healthy eating is a learned family behavior. And mom and dad and big sister, big brother, if they learn 
healthy eating and good, to make good food choices, they never say it. And then the young one doesn't see it. They just see the positive. They see the happiness factor on it. Yeah, they need to see us and eating with them and enjoying it. And also, yeah, regularly eating the same food as they are eating um, so that they learn to love the vegetables Absolutely. as well. One family dinner. One, one family dinner. And that's one of the philosophies with pumpkin organics is one family dinner. But that's also why we don't make meals. We make snacks. Mm, yeah. Because it is extremely hard to put a sweet potato and a broccoli in your handbag. It is very simple to put a banana in there and it is very simpler to eat good meals at home, but every child needs snacks. And this is what we want to support parents on. And that's really an important part of our philosophy and how we want to support parents in this incredibly tough journey of teaching children how to eat. But you know, there are a lot of mothers who are out there who know all of these things and they want to feed their children the right way and uh, you know get them uh, develop uh, good food habits and what would you say to them because they are also facing a lot of pressure from I don't know like their families their uh, relatives and friends who are just like yeah add a little bit of sweet and um, and the baby will eat it anyway but they know that they shouldn't add the sugar and uh, shouldn't add the honey or whatever to to make the child um, yeah. eat the vegetables and they don't know how to deal with this pressure because they don't want to seem unpleasant. They don't want to say no. And, um, you know, but at the same time, they also want to give whatever is possible, like the best to their children. Um, so, you know, I hear about this a lot from from especially in Indian families. This happens quite often, but I think that it's also a global issue. So, Jacqueline, what would you say to these mothers? So the first thing, mom, your mom. It's your game. You set the rules. Full stop. Done. Yeah. That's it. Okay. You set the boundaries. You set the boundaries. You set the rules on anything. This is your child and you as mom or you as mom and dad or your, the relationship that is the primary caregiver for the children. They set the boundaries. Full stop on whatever it is. Okay. And I think that's something we need to support each other in because this is a big deal especially mothers-in-laws, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I adore my mother-in-law, um, but I we had very open discussions. Yeah. And she respects my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great, yeah. Um, but a classic example is my mother-in-law loves to create the advent calendar for our little ones. It was a big discussion that there was not 24 chocolates. Aha, uh -huh. interesting. This became a compromise. So I've got a couple points. One is compromise always wins. Looks for win. Look for win-win. Olivia's calendar a couple of years ago, when she got her first one, had three chocolates. That was the uh -huh, Okay. basically one per week. That, okay, because I also do not believe in that the child should have nothing once they're over two or three. I do not believe in any sugar before because the child doesn't need it. They don't need it they're if they don't know they, it. They, yeah. they don't, they, they're not craving it. Okay, so number one is compromise, but it wasn't 50-50. It was three out of 24. Right, just three. Okay, and that's where I was okay with the compromise. When it comes to juice, absolute no. Yeah, juice is also a no for absolute. us. It has absolutely no nutrients. No, it makes no, no sense to give them juice. So juice is something I took as a hard boundary. No, there is no juice at the dinner table. Even when we go to Oma and Opa's house or grandpa, there's no juice. There's water. And this was... A yeah, eat fruit instead. Yeah, exactly. She gets fruit her, but no juice. So this was one of the things I said hard boundary no discussion done and i said if you do, do give our child juice you're disrespecting me as their mother 
and you're affecting their health. But more importantly, this is a respect level between me and you. And that's the thing. So I was, I, I was very open, um, but my husband supports me on all these decisions. Oh, so that makes it a lot so easier. Definitely. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I did do um, was I was very consistent. I have to say there was no exception in the first two years. And I think that also showed them that I really wasn't joking. I prioritized their learning and their health um, over all else. Okay. What I believe that their care plan should be, mm, okay. I'm very consistent on. It doesn't mean that it's absolute into when they're a bit older. Like, yes, of course, ice cream and gummy bears are part of, and chocolate are a part of Olivia's life. Yeah, it's know? unavoidable. But it's, it, it's about consistency. It's about giving boundaries and really believing yourself. You're mom. You're powerful. You're amazing. Stand up for you. Yeah, that's a great message. Yeah, to like just kind of decide what you are good with, what you are fine with, and um, and then just stick to that, and not be afraid to come across as rude yeah. or unpleasant. But really, you know, our kids need us to set the boundaries and to protect them and take care of them um, from mm-hmm. these external influences. So yeah, we just we just do what we have to do. And of course, I mean, you know, in the summer when everybody is eating an ice cream or something like that, then I would not stop my daughter from having it. Um, that just like, I don't want her to be excluded out of this cake in the yeah. keto also. It's, um, it's just unavoidable. And I'm not going to be the only mom who says, oh, my child is not going to get any cake while every other child is eating cake in the in the kita or an ice cream and so we don't proactively like get her ice cream or cake or sweets and things like that but um, we also don't stop her when there's you know people around and if we also want to eat something then we say okay she can have it but we wouldn't like proactively get her any ice cream in the summer she gets it when when her friends are uh, eating it at the playground anyway and uh, yeah I mean we also don't want to be that kind of parents you know you cannot isolate a child okay I'm And at the same time, you're like surrounded by all of these influences, like especially now in uh, Christmas season, um, you know, the supermarkets have been full with Christmas sweets since the end of September, basically. And, uh, you know, so you're battling with what you think is right versus all of these like really attractive packaging, um, you know, shiny things that that then obviously the kids want to eat. You can't do it, right? Like your life, like time is your and your mind share, your mindset are your yours but there's so many influences coming in here and there's you cannot win every battle you have to choose what's important to you fundamentally and you have to be okay with that frame or that group of references so let me give you an example on friday afternoons we always pick up the kids early and we have ice party in the summer which means the kids get a small ice cream and then we go to the playground but all the parents are there all the kids are there and it is a beautiful tradition that it's something we look forward to all week and so many memories have come out of this oh that sounds really nice yeah. now it's not the ice cream honestly doesn't matter and there was one or two times where the ice place was the queue was too big or whatever we didn't do it we just went to the playground we went to there like the the framing of it is more important than the execution yeah. the kids mm-hmm. just wanted to be with our the yeah parents. they just want to be they with wanted you. to be yeah. out they wanted to be in the sun they wanted to be at the playground they wanted to be playing oh yeah mm-hmm. and of course i always have a bag of snacks so the kids were very happy because they got pumpkin oat bars you know um, <laughs> you must be such a hit <laughs> at the playground with the kids i have to say sometimes yeah I feel like a bit of a rock star on the playground because I come out with a bag. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the parents are so happy and grateful because it it's not that the child needs a calming bear or they need a an ice cream. We have associated these snacks with happiness, with family time, with gifting, that the association is what the child craves. And if we just all of a sudden put together, you know what? Happiness does not equal sugar, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's also kind of like uh, we celebrate and uh, enjoy everything with alcohol, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as grown ups. And I think that that's uh, kind of the exact same yeah. parallel. So Jacqueline, what does Pumpkin Organics do differently? Mm -hmm. You know, different from all of these other brands that are out there, like uh, Freche Freunde and Hip and I don't know, there's so many other options out there for kids. What is yeah. it that Pumpkin Organics does differently? Fundamentally, we focus on creating products that create these healthy eating habits, which means they are high in vegetable. They are low in fruit. When it comes to snacks, we don't use wheat because wheat is, it's not a valuable grain anymore. We use the ancient grains that have a higher nutritional value. Every single thing we do, I aim to have the best product anywhere. So our OD bar or our bars have double the fiber on um, our vegetable, you know, our pouches, for example, 40% of the pouches in the market in Germany have more Coke, sorry, more sugar than Coke. Oh my God, really? I had no idea. 79, 80% of the pouches in the German market do not have a single vegetable. We are all about high veggies. We're all about slow release energy grains. We have healthy oils in our product. We are, I, the products we produce are the alternative that you would make at home if you had the time, the energy, and the knowledge. And that's it. I'm a mom with a food background, a love for science and food energy, uh, food nutrition that just wants to share. And this is my way to contribute to society is just bringing solutions when it comes to snacking. We don't look at building a business in the classical sense. We're looking to build like a legacy for our child in terms of she and her friends and her community and her society and her future society becomes healthy. Yeah, that's great. I keep thinking about what you just said, you know, like everything starts at the beginning. Everything starts in the first few months of the child's life. And that's just uh, such an important phase in which you can make these like long lasting habits. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. And it really resonates with everything me. should start at the beginning, right? Like life is very stressful. Like I, it, you honestly feel like you can't win most of the days. But if your mind is clear and your body feels good and your energy is just ready to go, you have a better chance to win in the day. Everything just becomes and that win, much easier. Right? Yeah. Win doesn't mean you're necessarily, you know, winning out there. It means winning means you're happy. Your family is healthy. You know, we come from one of the most educated, wealthy, safest countries in the world here in Germany. Like we are so blessed on the day-to-day -day level. Honestly, we should wake up in the morning with the biggest smile and the biggest amount of energy. I am so grateful to raise my family here. Yeah, and we are safe and healthy. Safe. Yes, our air, our water, we have education, we have healthcare, we have everything. Yeah, and that's something to be really grateful for. But Absolutely. I, I, and, and like I really am very, even as a Canadian, I am so grateful to raise our family in Germany. But what really gets me inside and what really pushes me every day to fight more is we make conscious choices not to prioritize our children's health. We make conscious choices not to support working moms to the way they need to be supported. We make conscious choices not to prioritize the education within the health, within the keto system, which is should be the most prioritized system in the country. 
into their entire future, right? Every German child gets a spot, which is first of all, not true. This is our biggest way to influence food. There's two. One is every newborn, every pregnant mommy, every newborn baby should get full support and full education, full, every single thing they need to understand how to feed their child and the keto system. And I have all the respect in the world for the wonderful teachers that are in the keto, but they are not supported. They are working there. Absolutely. I always say that I think uh, Kita at Sierra need to be paid like at least five times more than they actually make right now. We can influence this if we as a society said this matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely agree. And you are yes, opening yes. up a whole different set of conversations right now. Yeah. It's not possible to cover it. But I really want to hear from you what uh, negative statements you've had, like what kind of criticism you have faced in your work so far. Oh, my uh, yeah, I, I, the biggest, I think the biggest two is um, that's not how the system works here. And look, I've been here long enough. Um, I'm, yeah, you're, I am yeah, you're system, already part of the system and you're already doing what you can to change um, it. And the, the other big one is, oh, it's okay what my child eats now. They're healthy. They're fine. You know, they're, they can eat this and that and no problem. And that's fundamentally true. And that's one of the reasons nutrition never gets prioritized at the level it should is because it's a problem for tomorrow and it's an emotional reaction because it is every single day, multiple times per day that you interact with your child over food and nutrition, and it affects you how you feel as a parent. Like no parent wakes up in the morning and says, I don't want my child to succeed. I don't want my child to be healthy. I'm going to be a bad parent today. Yeah, something I heard right? was uh, you start taking the stairs after your first heart attack. So it's like you start doing something to remedy the situation uh, rather than actually yes. being preventative. Yes. Uh, you only start doing yes. things and you take things seriously after something has gone wrong. So after you become obese, you go on a diet. After you have your first heart attack, you start paying attention to your health. And after you've developed bad eating habits, you try to fix them in but your child. It's so far down that you feel that you're overweight, that these happen. We are so far away from what the person living a good, healthy, happy life. Because what happens to get there, your ability to be part of society, your ability to contribute, to be creative, to be innovative, to be just someone that looks at life in the morning and I am ready to take today on. You have to be healthy and happy. And so much of this comes from nutrition. And that nutrition is trained in the brain at the beginning. Like we spent billions and billions, 68 billion last year on the, on directly to obesity. We spent billions looking at um, biohacking and pharma industry, everything to fix the problem that we could solve at the beginning by teaching kids how to fall in love with vegetables. Yeah, it would fix so many problems just to take care of it right in the beginning. Yeah. But we are not a society that puts value on preventative um, in that way. We are not a society that wants to actually to change the system because there's so much money. There's so much power at this end of the system that if we go back. Yeah, a lot of money yeah, is going into keeping exactly. things the way they are because it's, of course, and yeah, profitable. So it's such a complicated topic and it's just really not easy to discuss this. Um, but I... 
Uh, Jacqueline, I want to talk to you a little bit about your life as an entrepreneur and mother. You said that uh, your husband really supports your journey and he, you know, made it possible for you to actually concentrate on building this business. And I have the same. My husband is also very, uh, you know, his, he's got a vested interest in me succeeding in this business. And so uh, we are some of the privileged few. I mean, he always jokes. He's like, yeah, if you earn a lot of money, then I can stop working finally. <laughs> And I mean, my business is nowhere close to yours, but yeah. Um, so I know that a lot of other mothers also think about starting their own business. And, mm -hmm. You know, I want to know from you, what would you say to their partners, their husbands, the fathers in this case, um, to make it possible for the mothers to actually concentrate and build a business like this? And also, what would you say to the mothers who are contemplating this idea? Oh, I think those are two very, very different and difficult questions. Um, oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> so my first thing is, let's tackle the first one about um, moms that want to start businesses. I always say, please take a second look. Starting a company, a business is so difficult. I am constantly pulled between my children and my company. There's nothing, there's not much left. I give everything I've got to my kids and my company, and it's a daily struggle. As much as you might have a wonderful idea, incredible passion, um, on and on, fundraising, um, respect, growth, scalability, this is so difficult. But the first thing I'd say is really make sure that you are this really you have a setup and infrastructure around you. Your kids are only young ones, right? You've got you know until they hit school, until they hit twelve. I mean, I forget the statistic; it's been out there somewhere. But like sixty percent or seventy percent of the time we spend with our children is until they're twelve. Yeah, and it keeps reducing after that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And really take this to heart. Your kids need you. Society needs you. Um, and just balance out where you you can contribute the most. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a founder. I have amazing moms who work for me. They're behind our vision, they're behind our passion, and I can be flexible in their working environment, their hours. I totally get sick kids. <laughs> yeah. I got myself, right? Finding those worlds that bring everything together to motivate you and make you inspired and be inspiring to your children. Like I love that Olivia writes in her little friendship books, that, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to work at Pumpkin Organics. Oh, that's so like, nice. Like I, it melts my heart every time. But I'm working my ass off. And that's the one thing I just, I really, just please make sure your infrastructure is set up. Yeah, make sure um, that you have your support system yeah. in place and everything that you need in order to have exactly. the time to build yeah. a business. Because yeah. running a company, it's 24-7. Especially when you're one like ours that is really purpose and passion driven. And we're in a very competitive industry that doesn't necessarily care about everything we're doing yeah and like when you're running a business you're in charge of everything right like everything is yours so the product the marketing the sales the bookkeeping everything is entirely your responsibility I mean, yeah, you said uh, about working all the time and uh, kids are small only once. I totally agree because I realized that when I started this uh, journey, I was doing so much work and I was spending so much time doing everything to build it and so on that I wasn't really seeing my daughter. Yeah. And then uh, I was also kind of like running myself into a burnout. And I said, this is this is just not sustainable yeah. and I need to slow down. Yeah. And I said, OK, mm -hmm. I can work 30 hours a week and that's all I'm yeah. going to do. Yeah. And it's only possible when you have yeah. a proper support because system in place yeah so which brings me to the question what do you say to the fathers in such situations Jacqueline thank you for seeing the value in your partner in your wife 
and your girlfriend. Thank you for putting their potential, their needs ahead of yours and that of them. Thank you for being role models. It's so wonderful to see amazing supportive couples because that is what a relationship should be. And unfortunately, it's not that common. And so honestly, thank you to all the men or all the second partner or the partners out there that see the light in the eye, the potential, the drive in their partner to say, I'm here for you. Do X with the kids. I will do X with the house. I'm here. It's still not a given. And, and like in German, you say, you know, den Rücken frei halten. Um, and that's exactly what the partner does is to like keep the load off of your back so that you can put all your energy into um, making your you know, business a reality. If you've got that, um, don't, you know, also understand and be respectful, you know, and be grateful for that because unfortunately the number one core relationship in your life is often not the healthiest. And if you have that, find ways to build it together, because honestly, you cannot run a company, even, even if your partner has a complete other job and another industry number, anything, if you go into starting your own thing, you cannot do it alone. You can't. You need them. Yeah, you need that someone to believe in you and believe in your vision and be your support system uh, and be your cheerleader in all of this. I, I think couples have competitive, not competitive, comparative advantages, right? Like to get back to the economics, um, core terms in economics, do what you do best and then find the, you know, and if each of you do what you do best, it's going to flourish. You get energy from this and your kids see it. Right. And that's the energy you want to give to the kids. So I'm, I'm so much in the comp, like I, it's wonderful to hear you have that. I, I have that. I have numerous examples around me where I have it. These examples, these stories need to be told because not enough people actually see it. I agree. I always ask my husband and, to like be more vocal yeah. and write more on LinkedIn and Instagram yes. about his journey as my partner, but he refuses. No, mine's so, the same. Yeah, I, I do it on his behalf at least. I also tell the story from Florian's point of view sometimes because he's really, he's just, he's, he's so, he left super successful career in private equity when I was pregnant because he wanted me to have my dream and vision fulfilled and have not the stress when I was pregnant on me and my company. I mean, this is an insane level of potential career sacrifice. And I, I still can't believe it at times. And it has, it's the most stressful thing we do, but it has brought us so close, so aligned. And now the vision we've got on it, because he also always believed in it before. It's not for everyone, but if you've got it, really nurture it and be great. That's such great advice, uh, Jacqueline. Perfect. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, what you said about the whole Kita crisis and so on, that's like a, a topic for a whole separate uh, podcast episode. I think we need to do one. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> Exactly. So we need to plan another episode. <laughs> But uh, as you know, I ask all my guests towards the end of the episode, if they had one piece of advice to share with the confused mothers that are listening in, uh, what would it be? I mean, you've already shared so many great tips about nutrition and uh, starting your own business, how to deal with everything and comments and pressure and so on. But again, if there's one piece of advice regarding nutrition of little ones, what would it be? Believe your intuition. Um, if you look at a product on a shelf and you don't think this is healthy for your child because it's too much fruit, 
and trust your instinct. Just because it's on the shelf does not mean it's right. There's a lot of products that are brought to market because they sell well, because it's the child unhealthy, it's sugar, it's creating cravings. Really believe in yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. Believe in yourself, trust your instincts. That's an amazing message. Jacqueline, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time and doing all the important work that you do on LinkedIn, on Instagram, with your products, with everything. It's really, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It was absolutely fantastic. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe to my podcast and do consider leaving me a rating. Find more information on my tutorials and workshops on theconfusedmother.com.